0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the In My Prime podcast. Today is Monday. Uh the date, I don't really fucking know, but it's a Monday. I kinda woke up feeling like shit. I don't know. It's it's getting cold out where I'm from. And I kind of have a ratchet uh a rat shit not ratchet. A rat shit immune system. So yeah, kind of feeling like shit. I'm drinking this greens. I bought these like greens pot, like packets recently. And I've been drinking them trying to keep the immune system good. But it ain't really working. So sorry if I found it sound weird. Anyways, reason why you guys are tuned in. Uh, we got four NBA plays. I don't have any uh, NFL plays yet. One thing I do think happens, I think Philly really tries to go back to their bread and butter, establishing the run, but they're playing in Seattle, and if you don't remember, the Seahawks or the Eagles have Rashad Penny on their team. He just hasn't been getting elevated a lot. He's been healthy, though, and given how Philly's kind of been bad at running the ball, it wouldn't surprise me if they elevated him eventually anyways, but given that it's in Seattle I kind of want to um wait and see if he gets elevated because if he gets elevated he takes away like five or six carries or something that's a big deal for a guy like Swift or maybe even a guy like Gainwell so that's kind of what I'm leaning for Monday Night Football but I gotta wait to see if Penny gets activated or not anyways the four NBA plays first one is actually a one and a half unit play I'm going to try and start doing that more often for, like, plays that I absolutely love. And the first one uh, that I absolutely love, is Paul George over 32.5 PRA. I played that at minus 105 at DK. Love points as well. Uh, Honestly, I think he has a really good chance of, like, obliterating this number. So, we'll also play a bump. Anyways, (laughs) it's a dream spot. Of course, we get the narrative game going PG, who started his career off in Indiana, obviously. Still talks about it a lot on his podcast, by the way, about how he loves Indiana and all that. Obviously, he only gets one game in Indiana a year, given that the Clippers are a Western Conference. The Pacers are an Eastern Conference team, so we know he's going to be up for this game in Indiana. PG, as a Clipper, he has put up 50, 51, and 58 PRA in indiana so we have the past of him eating in indiana and also it's just the pacers you know (laughs) pacers they are really good at limiting only catch and shoot players in fact i've actually bet unders on guys like malik Beasley, guys like mike conley but anyone who's high usage who has a lot of drives is gonna like put up massive massive numbers against indiana so obviously, if, like, I don't even I didn't even write much about it because we all know that they're a terrible defense. A lot of the most points in the Bay. last 15 games. Most points per game last 15 games as well. If you look at some, like, similar players who drive a lot and can shoot the ball a little bit, and are star players, Anthony Edwards had 43 PRA. Kyle Kuzma, he's not a star, but he's a solid player. He had 40 PRA. Jason Tatum a few games ago had 50 PRA. So, yeah. Uh, PG, he's over this line in 15 out of 21 games with 30 minutes as well, averaging 34.7 PR in those games. So, like I said, man, like, whenever you get, if you if you have a player that fits the mold of someone who can destroy Indiana, if you have a good hit rate on that, like, you should just automatically play that. So, and then on top of that, it's like, we know this is going to be like the PG game probably because it's in Indiana because of the narrative behind that so yeah i think that this line is a was a terrible opener um i'd play this up probably to 34 and a half to be completely honest like 23 and a half points like 24 and a half points genuinely like any little combo line for pg that's including the points like i absolutely love so one and a half units on that one i think that this like that play just checks every single box next one Alright guys, um hear me out on this. It's like a little bit it's not it's definitely like a little bit sus, but um, I actually went with Josh Giddy over 0.5 threes. So just Josh Giddy to hit one or more three. So recently Giddy's actually been making a very solid effort to get threes up. Um it's something that he needs to improve in his game if he wants to still be a NBA starter for sure, but like in a rotation, like he's really been struggling. But we're getting a nice buy low here. Um, coming off the Nuggets game, he got benched. He only played like 15 minutes. Like, I mean, Giddy's not a good defender. Like, he was probably getting a lot of mismatches and stuff, and they don't have a real center, so they needed to start Jalen Williams, like the big Jalen Williams. So it makes sense for why he got benched and didn't play much there. But it's giving us a nice buy here. Prior to that Denver game, though, His uh, shooting numbers from deep have been two for five, two for six, two for five, one for six, two for three, and two for three. So, two or more threes in five of the last six games before last game, and then just getting like a ton of volume up. So, then you get the matchup with Memphis. They're a three point funnel defense. They allow like the second fewest points in the paint last 15 games due to Jaron Jackson and his ability to protect the rim. But they also allow the 12 most three pointers made last 15 games. So, Memphis is a three-point foul on defense. No one really respects Giddy's shot anyways, so he'll get open looks regardless, but uh, we could definitely see some more kickouts due to the rim protection that Jaren's offering. Um, so obviously I mentioned all his shooting numbers. Giddy, when he takes at least two three-pointers, uh, he's had one three in 12 out of 16 games when he shoots at least two. Uh, I think he probably is around like four or five here, to be honest, so... Um, OKC, okay, they're playing at home against an inferior Memphis team that does not quite have John Morant back yet. So I think uh, given the spot, there should be no for need to bench him. I think Giddy should get his normal like 24, to 28 minutes or so here. And yeah, man, I just think that given his prior volume, just one three without even like significant juice, is, pretty, is a pretty short ask. So we'll play this one up. Let me see what it's at right now. Josh Giddy. Um. Yeah, you can still find minus one fifteen at three sixty five, minus one twenty at MGM. So still really good prices out there. Um really like that play. Yeah. All right. Um <clears throat> next one. So I went to Utah Jazz game versus the Nets, played Cam Johnson over 14 and a half points. I played that at minus one twenty at DK. This one should still be pretty widely available. Um, I don't think it's really public. But Johnson, <clears throat> it's just a great matchup for Cam here. Utah, they have been getting torched from beyond the arc, which <clears throat> obviously Cam J, his game is catch and shoot, mostly from beyond the arc, but also attack, closeouts, finish at the rack. But really just hitting threes is mostly what he does. So go to the last 15 games. Utah, they allow the most three-pointers made they lost seventh most points per game overall look guys I I bet on Jalen Brunson a couple games ago and obviously I was kind of bitching about it because like he had he had 23 points and I had 24 and a half over Brunson shot six for 19 and 11 for 16 at the free throw line so I was like bitching about that but to be fair Utah when I was watching that First of all, they have Colin Six, Sexton, who is starting now. Like, pick him up full court. So a lot of guards, when that happens, they just, like, defer the ball to a different person. And then second of all, like, Brunson on his drives, uh, there were just a ton of help at the nail. Which, obviously, like, if you're helping at the nail, you're going to concede, open, catch and catch-and-shoot threes. So, um, yeah, recent high usage guards versus Utah, yeah, I obviously mentioned Brunson. But then you also had Shaden Sharp. He had four points on one-for-twelve shooting. Anthony Simons, who's been a bucket recently, only had nine points. So the defensive scheme to me has kind of been to limit the higher usage guards. That's like what I've seen from them. If we look at last game, and Murray, who I'd say is a pretty similar player to Cam Johnson. No, he had a slight 47 points. So there's that. <laughs> also, Dante DiVincenzo who's similar. The catch-and-shoot guy, tackles outs, all that. He had 21-2. That was in that Knicks game. Uh, this guy named, like, Tumani Kamara, who is not really like Cam Johnson, but he's a wing who will get those catch-and-shoot and, and close-outs. I think he had, like, 20-plus as well. So, yeah, uh, Cam Johnson, uh, game should be close in Utah. Utah is, like, a team that sucks, kind of, but if they're at home, they'll keep it close. So 26 or more minutes, Cam Johnson, he's over 9 out of 14 games. He has 13-plus and 12 out of 14, so, like, he's always just, like, right there. Um, He has way better splits at the road. I mean, this dude is literally shooting 49% from deep on the road and only 30.4% at home. So, yeah. All in all, this is just like a perfect matchup for Cam Johnson here. I think that Cam Thomas, personally, maybe even Dinwiddie, too, both those guys who are higher usage, create. uh, I think that it's a really tough matchup for them, especially compared compared to Cam Johnson and stuff. So, if they have lower games... I think we could see it, more volume for Cam. And, yeah, man, if a team team that sucks against the wings, sucks at allowing catch and shoots, three-pointers to wings, I mean, that's just Cam Johnson's game 100%. So over 14 and a half points is a third play for Cam. Last one. <clears throat> this is an under here. I'm going to <clears> – <throat> Jeez. Hold up. Give, give me a quick second. Okay. Last one. Going out to Denver. Got an Under. Uh, I play Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, under fifty five and a half PRA for minus one fifteen at DraftKings. Look, man, this, this is just like a really bad spot for the Mavericks. I mean, dude, they're they are so banged up. I'm quick, let me like pull up their injury report, but I know, obviously, no Kyrie, uh, no Lively, who is, um, who's pretty important for defense, especially if I mean, you got to guard Nikola Jokic and shit. So, yeah, there's still no Maxi Kleber. still no Josh Green. Um, They just, like, are down so many people. I think that Denver at home is just, like, seriously, seriously, like, the far superior team here, man. And also, Denver, they really never lose at home, right? (laughs) Well, they're coming off of a home loss to OKC. So, I really like that for here. I think we're going to get a really, really focused effort from Denver. I think that a blowout here is, like, very, very possible. It's only, like, a a 7.5-point spread, but, I mean... Denver, they have Jamal Murray, KCP might play, but even if he doesn't play, um, I don't think he's a huge loss or anything. So and <clears throat> I know Luca, he's been insane, but I mean <clears throat> dude. If Luca drops went out and dropped a 35, 10, and ten, the under would cashier. So <clears throat> like this is just such like a ridiculous CI number. Luca at home has also been a lot better. He's averaging fifty three point eight PRA. And away, it's dropped to 46.9 PRA. Denver, um, if you look at the defensive matchup, they have two great options, but one in specific. Aaron Gordon, who is just like a awesome physical defender, really can help, uh, really has like the strength to keep players from getting to their spots and stuff. Got him. Peyton Watson, come off the bench, got great length. Um, he's just like a really active defender too. So I think they have two guys that can really make his like life difficult. Like I mentioned, man, Luca. I don't like pulling up old stats, but I think this is this is somewhat relevant. Um, he's obviously on another level right now. His volume is insane. But versus Gordon, versus the Nuggets, uh, versus so versus the Nuggets in his last five games with Aaron Gordon when he's playing, Luca has only put up 26 PRA, 42 PRA, 44, 44, and 52 PRA. So obviously, yes, he's on another level right now. But those are still like bad games to his standards. So yeah, man. Uh, all in all, this is just like a ridiculously high number. I think like this is like a everything has to go right type of situation. Like, what if the Nuggets at home? You know, you know how they come out against like a terrible defense. They just aren't really missing a lot of shots. They're crashing the glass. Like Luca only ends with like six rebounds. Okay, well now he has to make that up. What if? Uh, what if they say, okay, Luca, just go one on one. We we trust our guys. Like, oh, it's kind of like you know he drops like 37 oh but then he only has seven assists and six rebounds. like okay like whatever so I just think there's a ton of outs for this one man like this a game will have to stay close through and out uh the game will have to be ultra competitive Luca will have to make ton of tough shots which he kind of does every night but yeah man uh, I think that there's just like a ton of outs for this PRA angle and I really think that Dallas has a good chance getting blown up so Love fading Luca in this spot at this ridiculously high number. So, to sum up, four plays for today are one and a half units. Paul George over 32 at FPRA, minus 105 at DK. Josh Giddy over half a three pointer made. So, one plus three pointers made, minus 115 at FanDuel. Cam Johnson over 14 and a half points, minus 120 at DK. And Luka Doncic, under 55.5 PRA, minus 115 at DK. Yeah, and I touched on how for the Seahawks game, for the Monday Night Football game, really do like Swift here, man. I I just think that, like, I know Hurts is dealing with an illness. Like, Drew Locke's probably going to start. I really think that, like, we see the Eagles just go back to bread-and-butter football, um, running the ball behind that good offensive line, um, with Jalen Hurts always is like a threat to run and yeah man but I, I really do think that Rashad Penny I think that we see him get activated like he's a solid you know, he was such a damn good running back throughout his career when he's healthy and like this running game just has been lacking something and it's in Seattle so if Penny's active active man just be careful with Swift because it's going to be hard for him to get the volume if Penny comes in takes like five or six but if he's not, then I say I'll go on Swift. Maybe even Gain well to be honest. So those are my thoughts for the NFL game tonight. And that's about to do it here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys have a good Monday. Hopefully you guys don't feel like a little sick piece of shit like me. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Peace out.